Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And, well, there's nothing to talk about. So I think, I think that's it. Uh, I got nothing else to add. So uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Bollet. You can follow the show at Teledavs. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll, we'll be back uh, eventually when there is actually something to talk about. Peace. See you guys then. Yeah. Uh, adios, guys. Good talking to you. Yep. Nah, we're, we're, we're just uh, messing with you guys. We're, we're here. We're ready to talk some abs practice maybe not games but we're ready to talk some abs practice because that's all we got abs practice because unlike what we said last episode both games against the dallas stars get postponed not just the one that was supposed to be taking place at the time we were recording this but also the one on friday because the stars have been hammered worse than anyone when it comes to covid coming out of the christmas break they also had jamie ben get added to protocol today, adding on to the myriad of players we talked about last episode. On the positive side, everyone for the Avalanche, with the exception of Powell Francois, should be out of protocol and ready to play by the time we allegedly play the Ducks on January 2nd. Big thing there is allegedly. Allegedly. We, we have no idea what could happen in the next, what, what is that? I can't do math. Three days till the game? Something like that. Something like that. Matt it, it, it feels like a month anyway. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have an abs game to talk about. As we're recording this right now on December 29th, it has been uh, almost two weeks without Avalanche hockey. And uh, thankfully there's hockey to watch now, but no abs hockey. And I am slowly, my brain is starting to melt. Slowly. Like the highlight, what the abs have done. Did you see that video they released today where they were, uh, they were uh, like 
making fun of uh, like players most likely to do something. I don't know if you saw that. That's been the highlight of the ads. I saw a bit of it. My, my personal highlight was Nathan McKinnon uh, curling Andre Burakovsky after practice. Yeah, I mean, that, that's been the highlights we can talk about. It's it's really been a whole lot of nothing. Um, but we're, we're here. We're ready to talk some abs practice and maybe a hockey game on Sunday. Allegedly a hockey game on Sunday. Yeah. Because as we've seen, we're not very good at predicting this stuff. No, we're terrible. We're absolutely terrible. There's no fans or buts about it. I, I, I gave I've, it a 90% chance that we would yeah. play stars on Wednesday. And we were 90% wrong. Like, it was just not good for us, man. Um, so I'm not going to make any guarantees about the game. Hopefully a little reverse jinx and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully have a game. Yeah. I'm until the puck is actually dropped. I expect absolutely nothing. nothing. Like I'm, I, I'm going to assume you know, the game is postponed until told otherwise. Until that puck's dropped and I'm sitting in my seat in ball arena. I am, I am not going to believe there's a hockey game to play. Even then, even when the puck is dropped, I'm, I'm still going to be thinking in the back of my mind, oh, there's going to be tests that come back. They're going to they're postpone the game during the first period. Without a doubt. I mean, that, that, that's probably what's going to happen, but um, we will uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah, so hockey is back for other teams, just not for us. Been back since yesterday. We had three games last night. Got a couple good ones going on right now. Nashville just had their seven-game winning streak snap. I mean, this is also the thing with that massive pause is that it's gonna it totally fucks up momentum. Nashville is all of a sudden they were red hot. Their seven-game win streak comes to an end in Washington, and all these teams that were hot coming into the break are all of a sudden gonna have to find that momentum again. So, I'm a little worried about the Abs at least for the first couple games coming out of the pause, just because sometimes it seems like coming out of these pauses, it takes us a second to get our momentum again. But the good thing is, is that it seems like we're going to have plenty of days to practice at least. That's I think the big difference from last year. I, if I recall last year, when these pauses happened, the Abs weren't allowed to practice. They get like a day of practice. Yeah, because the, th- the thing is, a lot of it last year was like our own team testing positive, so we couldn't practice. Yeah, so there was no choice, but by the time they play the game, they'll have, what, six, seven days of practice? About that, I know, probably, even, probably even more. Well, they had an optional skate today, so that, that makes it a little bit different, but it, it's, it should be a little bit crisper, and do, I mean, the good news coming out of practice is this could potentially be the healthiest the abs are going to play a game all year. Allegedly. For now, as, as, as of what we're saying right now, because I've learned now after doing this for two months that we have to preface this every single time. As we know right now with the information that we have, this is going to be the healthiest abs team we've seen because we're going to get Ranton and back off of the COVID list. Kadri came back to practice uh, today or two days ago. We're going to get O'Connor back. The only guy we're not going to have who's going to be on protocol is going to be Franco's because of course he is. And Landeskog's back, Taze is back, and we're going to be getting, it seems like, Bowen Byram back on Sunday. And Ryan Murray has started skating in a contact jersey. Don't know if he plays on Sunday, but much more progress than I was expecting at this point. Yeah, we were anticipating Murray being out till, like, May. I I thought he was done. I mean, when, when you say indefinitely, that makes me think they're done. Yeah, and he's already practicing again, which is great news because before Murray got hurt, he was playing probably his best hockey of the year, I'd say. Yeah, without like, a doubt. He was playing his best hockey, and now you get – the biggest one is Bo Byram. If the Gavs get Bo Byram back, that, that defense is just a straight-up cheat code. Like, 
there's no better defensive group in the NHL. And I don't frankly think it's even close. Yeah, I, I, I think Tampa competes with it, but outside of them and you, Tampa's the best team in the NHL right now, points wise and the defending back-to-back champs. And we're saying it's competing with our defense with a healthy Bo Byram. But people are forgetting just, uh, it's been a while since Byram played, but he was arguably one of our top two defensemen playing yeah, there, so far this there, year. There was a point in like early November, like when the abs were, were struggling a little bit in early November. And even when they started getting hot again, Byram was arguably the best defenseman. He was because yeah. Kale McCarr was still recovering from his injury, still getting his feet under him. Now it's no question. Kale McCarr's number one and he's great. And then you add Devon Taves in who was playing some of the best hockey of his career after he uh, missed the first month. Yeah. After he missed the first month. So I, I really don't think it's fair that the Avs defenseman could be Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, Sam Gerrard, Bo Byram, and oh, our fifth defenseman, Eric Johnson, right? who is just steady fast as a, if he's, you're telling me he's my third pair defenseman. Uh, yeah, this team is going to continue the historic pace they are on right now with scoring from the defenseman. And, and I'm, I'm going to go a little crazy here and I'm going to praise Jack Johnson, who has been a very steady sixth defenseman for this team most of the year he has not been egregious which is all I asked about him coming into this season and with Murray out for we don't really know how much longer Johnson I'm I can't believe I'm saying this I'm perfectly comfortable with him as six yeah me too he hasn't done anything that's made me want to pull my hair out and that's all you can ask for out of Jack Johnson so and and even the guy who has Curtis McDermott has been so much better lately like really better and I wonder if that was just a confidence thing or once he figured out the system, he was kind of like, okay. I think he just kind of figured out his role. Like go punch people in the face and get off the ice. That's literally all we need you to do. Yeah. And he's been doing it pretty well. And I, I am as stated the biggest curse McDermott fan out there. So I've never said anything bad about him ever. Uh, so I think he is a great seventh defenseman. And if he doesn't play in the lineup, I, I it sucks being the curse McDermott fan. I am. But I would totally understand Jared Bednar's reasoning there. Right. Like there, there, there are certain games where it would make sense to be playing Curtis McDermott, not with a healthy lineup, to be fair. Once Ryan Murray is back and Byram's back, there really is no reason to play McDermott unless your plan is to play five defensemen and play McDermott for three minutes to specifically go and fight someone. That's it. There's no other reason. And even then, that's very flimsy reasoning. Yeah. I, I, I really, I'm really excited to see if this game is played first off, this will be the first time all year. The abs will be at what they, we thought they were going to be right. And and actually playing the team the way it was constructed. Yeah. And the fourth line will be a little bit different than what I think we all anticipated. I don't think anyone expected um, Nachushkin and uh, O'Connor to step as much as they have, but I'm really interested to see how this this team works when it's fully healthy. It's not going to last because, as we'll get into later in the show, there is a lot of games coming up for the Avalanche. So we we better enjoy this while it lasts. Um, But I'm really excited to see just how good this team could potentially be. Oh, also one thing that got buried that I totally forgot about. Darren Helm did get put on uh, COVID protocol. Oh, yeah, that's why I I forgot about that. I knew we were missing somebody. Yeah, so, so we'll be down Helm and Francois, and Helm's been a good fourth-line player, good penalty killer. I have I liked Helm, Helm a lot. Yeah. I've had no complaints about Darren Helm. I mean, there are times I just forget he's here, which is totally fine. 
And the times I do remember he's here, he looks pretty good. And he's still got the speed. He's still a good player. So I I think he just needed to get out of Detroit. I mean, he's been there his entire career and they've sucked for the last five years. Yeah. You you needed it. He needed a fresh start and he's been good. So Helm is going to be mostly on the PK is where I think we'll notice him not being there. Yeah. But honestly, like I'm, I just, I'm kind of just daydreaming about how good this team could be fully healthy. And it's, it's kind of scaring me how much I'm daydreaming about it. You know, and one thing that I think got kind of buried with all the call-ups and everything that's really given me some flashbacks to last year. Did you notice that uh, Eustace Annan did not get called up and instead it is Hunter Miska right I now as the backup that. goalie? I did see that. And honestly, like Miska was not good last year. We, we, we all know that he's, he's not an initial goalie and that's fine. Um, but I think it's better for Annan to stay down and then you bring Miska up because Annan is still young and we don't want to ruin his confidence by him getting shelled in the NHL. So I... I don't hate it. I the hope is that Kemper plays all these games all until Francois is back. Because what are they saying? Francois will be back. Was it January fourth or fifth? Fifth. And fifth. if I can quickly pull up the schedule, he would yeah. miss Anaheim and Chicago. Yeah. So hopefully Kemper can make it through these two games, um, and it's really not a big deal. But I I I hope for uh, Hunter Miska's case that he never gets put in a game because I. I think he's a really nice guy, um, but he's, he's just not an NHL goalie. And that's, that's fine. I'm not an NHL goalie. In fact, he's, he's, he's a top 20% goalie in the world. And uh, it's, he's the top 1% goalie in the world. However, he's played three games in the Eagles this year and two games with the Utah Grizzlies. Do we want to guess both of those save percentages? Real? Can quick? we say it was like eight, eight. So the ECHL guessed that one for first. Uh, we talked about it on the show. I think it was like eight seven, eight eight seven. It's an eight seventy five. Okay, not good. Okay, so three games with the Eagles this year. Do you want to guess this one? Well, I'm hoping it's better, but I'm going to go eight one five. It is a seven eighteen. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nice he guy. He hasn't played a ton of games, which is interesting. But yeah, super nice guy. Super nice guy, Hunter Miska. I hope that he does not play a game for the Avs. Super yeah. nice guy, though. I mean, Super it nice. is he is a break glass in case of emergency, except instead of a fire extinguisher, it's a bucket of gasoline. Yeah. Um, super nice guy. I hope he I hope he doesn't play for us and hopefully he looks great sitting on the bench. Yeah, and we've got great. we got Trent Miner on the taxi squad as well. Taxi squad are back, by the way. We have Maltsev yeah. and Miner on the taxi squad right now which is good. I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. glad the taxi squad's back. It makes this whole thing seem a little bit more feasible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I hope Hunter Miska looks great when you shake in Darcy Kemper's uh, hand in the handshake line after the abs win these two games. Yeah. And I, and I agree with keeping on and down. I mean, he's not ready. There's no point in bringing him up to the NHL. I mean, it, this is why losing Jojo sucks so badly because now we're down to, well, do we want to put Hunter Miska in net, who is at 718 in the AHL this year and was really bad last year in the NHL? Or do we want to screw with the development of either Trent Miner or Eustace Annan? Like, you're not winning going through either door. No. So, for a two-game emergency where Frankie's not available, you put Miska on the bench and you pray to every known god that he doesn't play. Yeah. 
And I, I, I genuinely, I, I don't think he will. Um, might not be up to anyone. Yeah, it might not be up to anyone. Just judging off our luck, but we'll see. Um, but it's hopefully just two games, and then we're right back with, uh, right back with Frankie and Net, and hopefully he can actually get to play in front of some Mavs faithful here soon. Yeah, and and we are get, we're going to need some healthy goalies here soon because, like you mentioned earlier, we've got a lot of games left to play. The Avalanche are going to finish the year 2021 with 27 games played, which, unless I am mistaken, which I don't think I am, is the least in the NHL. I think like one behind the Islanders, I think. It's crazy. I tweeted about it last night. Just it, it was putting my brain in such a mental pretzel because we're two almost three months into the season now, and we played 27 games. It makes make that make sense to me how there's some teams like I, I was it the Oilers or no, the Maple Leafs have played like 38. Like make it make sense how that's possible. So Not the most games that's played in the NHL drastic. is Vegas with 33. Yeah. And we're actually not the least. Boston and New York, the Islanders have played 26. I'm surprised yeah. about the Bruins, but it's, I think it's still- I think they both play before the end of the year. So I think they'll at least be tied with us or no, they don't. The Islanders play once before the end of the year. So the Bruins will finish with 26 and we'll be at 27. So we're second least in the NHL. But the whole point of that is like you guys remember last season, right? We start in January. We played 56 games. Well, we're going to be starting the year January 2nd, which is nine days before where we started last year. And we have 55 games to play. And you look at the math by the end of the season, we stopped the season midway through May. This season stops at the end of April. So you take the you take the the nine days and you put together with that extra two weeks at the end. We have to play 55 games in a week less than we did all of last year. That's crazy. And like last year was one of like it was super fun for watching hockey because the abs are playing every other day, if not back to back, but they're human beings playing a contact sport. Injuries are like it's going to happen. Like I'm that's why I said earlier, I'm going to enjoy these few games that the abs are going to be healthy because it's just, it's, it's humanly impossible to imagine a player to stay healthy for that many games in that short of a time frame. Yeah. It's like players were getting hurt in our light schedule in November. Injuries happen all the time, especially you start adding wear and tear to the mix as well. It, this is going to get really condensed really fast. And that, that three-week break in February, which was going to be for the Olympics, obviously not happening now, is going to fill up very quickly. Like, if I can do the math real quick, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games to plug in there. And uh, it depends on all the availabilities of the arenas. I mean, I don't think it'll be that bad. Seven games over the course of about what was that, 18 days. Yeah. I, it's not terrible, but then you get into the end of the year. And that's this is also assuming nothing else gets postponed, which is a big question mark. And it's I think it's just even more of an indictment on the NHL scheduling. You knew you had these three weeks. Why are you trying to cram games in before the Olympics? Wouldn't it make more sense to play those games in October and November and then give the players a little bit of break before the Olympics? Like that, that would common sense, you think would prevail there but it didn't I, I i don't know what the schedule makers were thinking by uh just trying to cram all those games in in january and december before the olympic break it makes no sense 
Yeah, because the plan was they were going to send everyone to Vegas for the All-Star game and then put them on a plane to Beijing. Like, I don't, I don't get the logic behind that, but I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So they're just, they got to find a way to make this work. Cause like, if the avalanche have any games postponed after the Olympic break, they straight up just do not have the time to yeah. play these games. They have a one, three day break in April. Like that you can put maybe one game in there. And that's even, that's lucky. Yeah. I, I just, I, the NHL is really banking on the fact that there's not going to be any more pauses and hopefully there's not, but we all know now it's been two years with COVID that it's going to happen. Like it's going to happen. And we didn't talk about this, but it was big news from the NHL today. They lessened the quarantine time to five days for uh, vaccinated players getting in guidelines with the CDC and a lot of other professional sports leagues. I'm really interested to see how that works. I, I don't know how it's going to work, but we will, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, we don't know the effect that it's going to have on the league. Hopefully it lessens the amounts of games that are postponed. Cause like it, it's going to have to at a certain point, like at a certain point we're, we're coming up on two years. We've got to find a way to, to make this work without canceling 20 games a week. Like we're, we're really banking on fitting all of these postponed games into February. I mean, who knows if we're even going to be able to do that because after that, there really isn't time built into the schedule anymore to fix any of this. And we'll talk about it later with the world juniors, but at, at a certain point, you need to have a system that allows you to play. Hey, everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our brand new sponsors at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that does not mean you have to drop the ball on your balls. It's time you bring sexy back in 2022 and step your game up with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com and use code AVSITIS for 20% off plus free shipping. Griffin, it's almost 2022. It's time to ramp up your exercise and grooming routine this year for maximum gains. You know, and what better way to do that than with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, containing six essential tools for the ultimate below-the-waist grooming routine. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin and also comes equipped with advanced skin safe technology to reduce cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. We've all had our horror stories in the past, but Manscaped takes those possibilities away for you. So you've got nothing to worry about. And best of all, it also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 is going to be. And Griffin, it's also time to freshen up down there for the new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's fantastic. And for on-the-go freshness after you leave the gym, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. And Manscaped even threw in the Shed Travel Bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your boys down south to the next level. And Griffin, we can't forget about this. Manscaped also wants to go beyond the groin this year with their new refined cologne, which offers a light yet masculine, pleasing fragrance. It is fantastic, guys. I love it. 
Yep. Manscaped ever since they sent me this package has changed the way I shave. And I'm not kidding at all. When I said, I thought I was happy with my old razor. The performance package 4.0 has just made me feel a lot better. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code abs. It is at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code abs. It is have no regrets this year with our friends at manscaped. I think what's causing a lot of the problems and I, or not problems, difficulties uh, is just the Canadian aspect of it and the cross-continental travel, because as we all know, Canada has been very strict with their COVID guidelines and America's definitely compared to Canada, a lot lighter on their COVID restrictions. And you've seen it already with a lot of the Canadian games, they're being postponed and moved to the end of the year so that they can hopefully get fans in the building. Cause these, these arenas and these teams are losing millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Montreal Canadians right now, how many games they've had postponed just because they're home games. Like they're not going through an outbreak or anything, but the league can't afford to be bleeding money like this. So like it, while it's annoying, I get why they're doing it. I get why they're doing it, but it's really going to be interesting to see how we move forward with Canada. Cause just judging off what Canada's done throughout this entire pandemic, I don't know if they lessen their like guidelines just for hockey. Like I, I know Canadians love their hockey, but I, I don't know if they do. I really I, based, don't. based on everything we've seen, they will not. And it, it makes it hard for the rest of the league, but I don't know. Like I said, like there, there comes a point in time where we have to find a way to make this work. Like we've had, we've had enough time to figure out a way. I, that's why I'm, I'm interested to see this five day quarantine, if that changes things. And what player was it saying it last night that it was really, was it Kalorn who was saying it was affecting the product on the ice? I think so. I think it was Kalorn. He was one of the more outspoken ones um, about how it's affecting the product on the ice. Cause in, in the Tampa Bay Montreal game last night, you had uh, a third string goalie for the Canadians and he played well. And the and lightning. He had, he had, yeah. You had both Vasilevsky and uh, Elliot out. Yeah, so you had Maxime Legacy, which is a name I never thought I'd say again. Yeah, Sam Montembeau for the Canadians. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting. I, I, I agree with what Kalorn's saying because it really does affect the product on the ice. So it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks because the NHL now is at the point where they cannot afford to postpone any more games. They can't. There's no time in the schedule unless they extend the regular season a couple of weeks and push the playoffs back. Yeah, which, which might not be a bad thing. I mean, to no. come right from the regular season to the playoffs, it might be a lot on players, especially for the Avalanche. Like, you consider the amount of games that they're going to play towards the end of the year compared to some other teams. It's going to be a lot, and there's going to be a lot taken out of them at that. I don't think it's a bad thing if they put, like, an extra week and a half, maybe. I think two weeks is too much, but, like, a week maybe at the end of the season, even if there are no games postponed just to – build the hype for the playoffs and allow at least some guys to get healthy. Yeah. I wonder if it's, they're on a strict schedule though, with ESPN and uh, TNT. Probably so. But I mean, I feel like if you have an extra week to market the play, I feel like it's kind of dumb to go three days from the regular season to the playoffs. Cause like, I don't think it allows enough breathing room and really, I think not having a week of hockey and then immediately jumping into the playoffs, I think would actually be really good for like build the market for it. Does that make any sense? Yeah. You can build the hype up. 
for sure. I just want playoff. Like I love playoff hockey, so I just want playoff hockey right away. But from a marketing standpoint, what you're saying is probably the best bet. Yeah, and obviously, and that's assuming there are no postponed games in there that you have to make up. I mean, there's going to be. There's go. There's going to be several. I mean, there's there's just no way around it. It's wishful thinking to think there's not going to be. Yeah, and it's gonna have. I'm I'm just really interested to see what the league does because it's it feels kind of like the NHL is a little like a step or two behind the NBA and the NFL when it comes to this. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the NFL, I mean, they've, they've had a hundred players on COVID protocol, but they've found a way to simply just get the games done and get them played. Yeah, they found the NBA, a way. And yeah, it's, I, I think like we've talked about the big aspect in that is there's very few Canadian, like there's no Canadian teams in the NHL or the NFL and there's one in the NBA. And the so, one in the NBA is kind of being a pain. Yeah. So it you add what I'm gonna lose track. Is there seven Canadian teams? Am I right there? I yeah, that sounds right. Montreal, Edmonton, Toronto, Ottawa, Calgary, Vancouver, Winnipeg. Yeah, seven. So it, it's that's a quarter of your league is in a country that's more or less going back into a little bit of a lockdown phase. So it would have yeah, been nice and, if they did maybe in terms of together. society, Canada has the right idea, but yeah. we just, we just don't know. Strictly but, from a hockey perspective, it is not good. Yeah. From a strict business perspective of trying to get this goddamn season done is not helping at all. No. So I, I, like I said, I'm really interested to see because there's been a lot of good games that have been postponed, which could create some great drama at the end of the year. Can you imagine a Vegas abs game? Like it was last year that could decide the number one seed in the West. Yeah. That's going to be great TV. Yeah. I mean, the end of the season is going to be pretty interesting. Anyway, we've got the last game of the year is Minnesota, which could just determine the fate of the central division altogether. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm with you. I'm interested to see what they do with these postponed games, how they handle postponements in the future. And because we were also saying earlier that they're postponing a lot of the, the Canadian team games to the end of the year because they want to get that that fan revenue in so we're already dealing with that now yeah i mean we're already dealing with it so it's going to be i i just don't know man i'd love to give a prediction on it but as we've shown throughout this show uh we have no idea what the fuck we're talking about when it comes to predictions so there's really no point in predicting for us anymore i'm more just interested to watch and see what happens yeah and we'll see what happens but uh hopefully the nhl does not go down the roots of the iahf with the world juniors because holy shit what a fiasco i've i've never seen such an incompetently run tournament in my life it, it, it was they were trying to save money because they canceled the women's tournament which made no sense that was just stupid there was yeah. no re- there was no reason to do that they could yeah. have postponed the thing to try to try to play the men's tournament and then outright cancel the women's one it makes like, no sense it, it makes no sense there was no reason for it other than money and that's all they care about. And they tried to save it with the men's tournament. And it they made it seem like when I first read it, I thought it was like a terrible – it was four players tested positive. Yeah. It was like know. two players in the United States, one in Russia and the other in – what was it? Switzerland? I think like Czech. Yeah, because they yeah. had to cancel – like they canceled it over four positive tests, which seems – a drastic oversight on their part. 
it absolutely was. I mean, because I, I might have this wrong. I very well might have this wrong. But I think it's like if one player tests positive, the entire team has to quarantine. It's make make it make sense. I, like, I have no how, idea. Like, did were teams not able to bring like a taxi squad? Like, because you'd think for a, like an international tournament, you'd be able to bring some extra guys in this kind of circumstance. Like, I don't, I don't really know the inner workings of the World Juniors because, like, even when it was going, I wasn't following it all that closely because that I just didn't have the time. The games yeah. weren't as interesting yet, but. I don't like there is just so many ways this could have been avoided, handled better. Cause like we played last year with the world juniors and it was just fine. It was in the bubble and everything. And if it's going to be in Canada, maybe that's something you have to do again, which I know no player would go for, but I know the players would prefer that to this, where you play two games, three of them are forfeited. And on the same day, it gets canceled, not postponed. Canceled. Canceled. They canceled the whole tournament and they complain about how they were trying to make, I feel like they lost more money by canceling it. Yeah, they absolutely did. And they try and like you had fans in the arena at 50%, but you couldn't eat or drink like this, this whole thing just smelled bad from the start. I didn't, I never thought in a million years it would get canceled. I expect we all expected some positive cases in a non-bubble situation, it's impossible to avoid. How was there no way to like play the game anyway? And how, how no and how was it game? that if you have one guy test positive, your team forfeits? Like the United States forfeited against Switzerland. It's a one-nothing loss. Even if the tournament went on, it wouldn't have been legitimate. No, it wouldn't have. And it, 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 I just don't understand if they didn't have a contingency plan. Because like you said, it's not a bubble situation. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It just seems like they. it was a very poorly planned tournament. And coming from a uh, tourism and hospitality major that I was um, in event planning, it was really bad. And, like, that's going to be a case study for, uh, for, for classes in the future. Yeah, international hockey as a whole is just – it's a joke. Like, USA hockey and the amount of controversy that surrounded – general managers and head coaches. I forget the the name of, of the guy they just hired, but he had like racism allegations in the past with certain players who they're bringing in for the Olympics. And you have this shit with the IAHF. Like you can't, you can't figure out your big tournament. Like really one big tournament. Yeah. This is, the, this is your spotlight every year. And you can't, you can't figure it out first. Like, first of all, you start the, the whole tournament sour because you canceled the women's like that immediately puts a bad taste in everyone's mouth and you get two games in the exhibition here. Now I don't think they even reached two games for any team. And the whole thing is just fucking canceled. Like I, everyone involved in this should be fired. How, like, how could you not plan for this? That's what you're paid to do. It make it, but I'm trying to make sense of it. And we were talking about this off air. It, it doesn't make sense. Like from the tweets I've read, there's just no, I, I still don't understand why they canceled it. I really don't. I, I, I really don't either. I mean, four cases. I mean, and I think you have to ask the question, did any of them even have symptoms? Because isn't it in Canada, you, like the vaccine's pretty much required in Canada, right? To play? Essentially, yeah. Yeah. And that's you, can't, like, you, can't, you can't get on a plane or cross a border without the vaccine. So yeah. every, everyone here is vaccinated. 
It makes no sense. I, I, I just, I just don't understand. Like you had all these kids who like, this is like for some of these kids, this is the biggest spotlight they're ever going to be in. And even for the more high profile players, this helps their draft stock. This helps players get drafted. What did, what was it last night? Connor Bedard had like four three goals. He had four. He was ridiculous. And he, he, he comes on the scene. He's 16, right? He's only 16. Yeah, he's right? 16. He's not even, he's not even going to be in the draft this year. He's next year. Yeah. And he is just, he's going to be phenomenal. And you lose a chance to watch him. Shane Wright, you lose a chance to watch. Owen Power was playing really well for Team Canada. The Team USA goalie, I can't remember his name, but he played well in his one game. Um, I just, it's a bummer not to watch because those are some of the most fun games of hockey to watch are those gold medal games. And we we won't get to watch one this year. Like last year when it was Team USA versus Canada, that was such a huge upset and no one expected it. And it was a really good game of hockey. Yeah. It was one of the like best defensive games of hockey I've ever seen. And it was tense. It was just, that was, I remember that game. I was like in within like my first five episodes of this show was that game happening. Like it was a ton of fun. The world juniors are just a ton of fun because they're, they're kids essentially. This is the future of the NHL for a lot of it. And it's, it's I, I can't believe that it actually had to come to this. Like it, it really just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And it's just a big time bummer, but Hey, we, yeah, I, I'm going to try and understand it more, but I don't think I ever will. I think the more I read about it, the more it'll just irritate me. Yeah. The, just the more confusing it gets, the more you realize just how incompetent a lot of higher ups are in these leagues. Like they, they really just don't know what they're doing at the end of the day. Same goes for the NHL. Same goes for the IAHF. They're just, they're just run by people that don't really know what they're doing. No, they don't know how to handle a pandemic. We've been in for two years now. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. And it's a, it's a black eye on the sport. Sad. It's really sad because a lot of people do end up watching it and the women's games are usually a really good time to watch too. Like the gold medal games are 99% of the time it's USA versus Canada. And that's always always very good. Yeah, it's always electric to watch. So I feel bad for all the kids. Um, They did probably zero things wrong, and they're the ones who have to suffer the consequences of it. Yeah. So imagine being a team from like Germany or Switzerland. You flew all the way to Canada. Imagine being from Austria and you get you get shit stomped 11 to two by Canada and then they cancel the tournament. Yeah. Like that's not like for those kids that a lot of those Austrian kids, they'll probably never play in a bigger tournament in their life. That's probably the only time they'll ever be on national TV. Yeah. And you took it all away from them. Cause you guys couldn't plan the thing. Like it just, what do you, like, I don't really even know what you say. You do, I just feel bad for the kids, man. Yeah. I, same here. So feels weird saying they're kids, but no, it does. Cause I used, I used to be that young, not that long yeah. ago. So I used to be like, Oh, yeah. they're my age. Now I'm like, Jesus, I'm three years older than these guys. I'm 11 years older than Connor Bedard. That's yeah, crazy to think about. I'm five years older than Connor Bedard, and he's going to be drafted next year. <laughs> I say next year, meaning 2023, because it's yeah. not technically 2022 yet. But yeah, my draft my draft year would have been like two years ago. My draft year was nine years ago, so that's a long time for me. Jeez. But yeah, it's just a it's big time bummer. But I am at least we got some NHL hockey games. Yeah, and at least uh, we're counting down the days to the next Avalanche game against the Ducks. I mean, I, I guess we can preview that one since this is technically the last episode before we get into that one. Uh, assuming this game happens, which it very well might not, we literally don't know because Sunday, as by the time we're recording this, is very far away. 
How do we see this game going? The Avalanche have not played since December 17th, 16th against Nashville, and the Ducks will have played two games tonight against Vancouver and then against Vegas later in the week. Do you think there's going to be any rust here for the Avalanche, or do you think they can pick up where they left off with a healthy lineup? I think there's going to be a little bit of rust. I don't think it will be nearly as long as it would have been if they didn't have all these practice days. I think the practice days are really what makes me feel confident about this game. Um, I think Anaheim, I keep wanting to doubt them, but they are a good team, but they are going to go through a gauntlet. Vancouver's no pushover the way they've been playing under Bruce Boudreaux. And then you got to go into Vegas and Vegas is as healthy as they're going to be minus Leonard being out. Um, I just really, I, I think the Avs do what they did to them earlier in the year. I think it's like five, two. I, I think, think yeah, I would, I think I would agree with that. I mean, I would be a lot more skeptical if there wasn't as much practice time, but I think, I mean, we, we have like what, seven practices in the last week. Have we had seven practices all year? No. So I think it'll be big for them to finally get some chemistry with some of these guys. And they're going to get ranting and back later in the week. Same with O'Connor. I think maybe the first period could be a little sloppy finding game speed again. I'm going to go with a, a four, two avalanche win. I mean, the, the thing about the ducks is like muscle memory tells us that they're bad. They're there are, they are a good team this year. There's tied and for you first, have to take they were seriously. tied for first in the West. Yeah. They were, you, but now, now they aren't anymore, but they're still a really good team and they're actually showing a little bit of offensive firepower, which is weird to say about the ducks. Um, but I still just don't think they're even close to the Avs level. And I, I think they're going to kind of get a little bit exposed in these two games against Vegas and Colorado because they are a good young team. But when you stack them up against Vegas and Colorado, there's, there's some big, big gaps. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's right, just one single goal in the game does not matter the team. All that needs to happen for you to win is just one single goal being scored. That's it. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005. So this is essentially a guaranteed bet. You're going to win this bet. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Because everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest, which is what I do essentially every single day. And trust me, this stuff is fun. And you'll want to get it, get want to get in on the action as soon as possible with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Contest. Draft a lineup. You can play for as little as a dime every single day. It's all up to you. And best of all, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, 
back to the episode. Yeah. And I mean, they're six, one and three in their last 10. We'll see how that holds up by the time we get to them on Sunday. And you look at their, their last couple of games, which I guess you kind of have to throw in the trash at this point. Cause they were over a week ago or two weeks ago. They beat some, they've beaten some decent teams before they get points in a lot of these games. They drag some of these games to shootouts, like the games against Calgary and Washington, Columbus lose one, nothing to Pittsburgh. They beat the blues in overtime. They beat Seattle and they have a six to five game against Arizona. I mean, there's certainly a bubble that's going to burst with this team. I, I'm not sold on them making the playoffs, even if they are at 40 points right now at this point in the season. I think they, they still have a chance, but they, they shouldn't be able to match up to the Avalanche, even with as good as they've been. Yeah, and we were talking about, too, this is the healthiest the Avs are going to be all year. And that is terrifying if you're the rest of the NHL because – a healthy abs team is one of the top three teams in the league. Even an unhealthy abs team is probably still a top 10 team. I mean, an, so, an unhealthy avalanche team, even with barely playing any games has hung around the, the top of the league this long. So a healthy abs team is even more terrifying. So I, I do think the ducks are a good team. I just, I just think the abs beat the brakes off of them, especially yeah. at home. And even, even with the Ducks nearly at like the height of their power in November and the Avalanche at their weakest, we still beat them five to two. Yeah. So you get a, you get a healthy Avalanche team. Wasn't that on the second half of back-to-back, too? Didn't we lose to Dallas the night before? I think that – no, the that was Nashville. That was Nashville. Yeah. You're right. Dallas – the Anaheim was the game before. That's right. Yeah. So – and that, that was with John Gibson, who's the Avalanche kryptonite, and they put five goals on him. Right. So, and also this game is also on home ice again. The like the only thing that is giving me any doubt is rust. Like if, if they're a little rusty and Anaheim plays well, there's definitely a path to victory for the ducks. But I feel like with just about any game in the league against any team, if we play our best, we're not going to lose. Like, especially with this team, assuming it stays the same going into Sunday, you, you don't lose. You don't know. And I, this is going to be, I think, the first time this year, the first afternoon game. The game's at 1 p.m. So uh, use DraftKings for your bets. I really – I know I said 5-2, to two, but now I'm thinking about it a little bit more. I, I could see maybe this game going under. Just because it's an early start time, no morning skate, Avs first game in a while. I kind of like uh, – the over-under is going to be set at 6.5 just because it's the Avs. But I, I think I may like the under. I think I like your score now at 4-2. Honestly, okay. now that you're saying that, I think I might be leaning over. It's because of all the, the the hockey I've watched over the last two days. There's been some high-scoring hockey lately with all these teams coming out of break. This is true, but you are – as of right now, it looks like you're going to have two number one goalies, which I, I don't think we've seen so far in uh, in any of these games. So I, I don't know. I, I just think with the afternoon, no morning skate, a little bit of rust – I think I'm seeing under in this game, personally. I, I'm changing my pick from 5-2 abs win. I'm going to agree with you 4-2. I'll, I'll stick with 4-2 for now. I'll see how I feel coming into the game. I mean, it's, it's still plenty of, plenty of time away. We'll, we'll, we'll see even how the Ducks do against Vancouver and Vegas first. Yeah, Got as we're recording, Vancouver and Anaheim are just about to have puck drop. Yeah, they so. haven't even started yet. So, I mean... We'll see how it goes. I'm I'm confident we'll win. It's hard not to be confident in this team when you have basically your first healthy lineup of the year. You have Landis Gog back. You have Taze back. You're going to get Rantanen back in a couple days. 
you're going to maybe be missing Helm most likely, but you, you really can't complain all that much at that point. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. So we'll see. I am, uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really hopeful there's an apps game because I, I don't know if I can go much longer without it, man. It's been, it's been a long stretch. A long... Well, I think assuming everything works out with the schedule, this will be the last time we have to do an episode without <laughs> a game to talk about. I said that last month and I was very wrong, but looking at the schedule now, we don't know how the February schedule is going to look, but looking at how this schedule is constructed, this is the last episode where we will have to talk about the avalanche with no game to play. Fingers crossed, man. Fingers, fingers crossed because this is kind of I need it. I need it. <laughs> yeah. So enjoy this little break while it lasts because it won't. We're going to be playing essentially every other day. We have one two day break the entire month. It's on the 12th and 13th. And every single day, it's either back to back or game on, game off. I mean, we have two back to backs on the, the week of the 10th. Seattle, Nashville, and then we play Arizona twice in a row for a home and home. Ugh. I mean, Arizona can score goals now all of a sudden. So. Apparently, they they had an eight seven game against the Sharks last night. Yeah, that was a crazy game. So I, the the Coyotes, like even though they're terrible, they they compete in every game. I'll give them credit. And Scott Wedgwood hasn't been terrible for them. I mean, he gave up eight goals last or seven goals last night, and they lost in the shootout, but. Uh, that's I still see that as two big abs wins. Yeah, so. I mean, you never know with Arizona, but and then right after that, not even a week later, you have another back to back against the Ducks and Kings. After you play the Wild, this is going to be a busy month. There's a lot of hockey to be played here, and it's, <laughs> well, it's not easy talking, competition. We need Frankie to stay healthy because if you're telling me I have to put Hunter Miska in. And those back-to-backs, I... <laughs> we tried Hunter Miska against the Coyotes last year, remember? Yeah, he did good in one game. I was at the game in Arizona. He It, it was 3 nothing. The Avs were dominating. And then the last two minutes, the Coyotes scored two goals. And yeah, he lets in two of, goals. like, some of the worst goals you'll ever see after playing a very good game up to that yeah. point. And do you think that the Avalanche are going to blow a 3 nothing lead in 90 seconds? They almost did. They almost did. Almost but they did. did. Yeah, so... But yeah, I mean, fingers crossed we get a fucking hockey game to talk about here soon. Yeah. I also I also find it funny that we've had one back-to-back so far this season and in the span of 10 days we're going to have three. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we would have we would have had one with Buffalo and Boston a week ago, but obviously that didn't happen, but still, three back-to-backs from the 10th to the 20th of January. My god. That's a lot. It's a lot of hockey. And the one the one game that isn't part of a back-to-back is a 1 p.m. start time against Minnesota. Love that. Love it. So, hey, we got the Winter Classic to watch on Saturday, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully so. Remember last year with our, what did we call it? What did we call last year? Outdoor. I'm looking at a band over right now, the Outdoors series in Lake Tahoe. Huh. So that one was too hot. The sun melted the ice. And with this one in Minnesota, it's going to be too cold. It's supposed to be negative 13 degrees is what I heard in the broadcast. last. I night. saw today the most bizarre headline I will ever see that they are going to have heated ice because That's it's crazy. literally going to be too cold on the ice that they're going to have to heat it at a certain point so that they can skate on it. After last year, we didn't factor in the sun and the ice melted. But now we aren't factoring in that Minnesota 
at least at least this time they're factoring in the cold. So they're growing here. You love a little bit of growth from the NHL. A little bit. They're learning slowly. So, and it's a night game too, which is, it's going to be fun. Like say what you want about the wild. I fucking hate their guts, but. It's going to be a fun game. I mean, the blues right now are beating the Oilers and these are, these are two really good teams in the central. I mean, for, for avalanche fans, this is just going to be good watching just to scout. Yeah. That's going to be good. I, I'm looking forward to that game. I, it's going to be really fun and I really hope it happens. Yeah. It's also been two years in the making at this point. Oh yeah. I forgot they canceled it last they were yeah. supposed to do last year. That's right. Cause I think, I think they announced it right after the, the stars and predators winter classic. Yeah. I think they did it like at intermission. So this will be three years in the making when you really think about it. That was yeah. no, no two. I, two. I, yeah. Cause that was still 2020. Yeah. And it's, uh, that feels crazy to think about. But, uh, see, like, I thought it was three at this point. Yeah, Everything was, feels like a decade ago now. Everything normal. Yeah, because it was January 1st, 2020. Yeah, they packed up uh, like 100,000 people into a football stadium. And then yeah. two months later, the world shut down. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, and then you got the Preds and Lightning, which should be an interesting one. Very interesting matchup. I'm not quite sure why they did that. but Well, you had to get the Stanley Cup champions in there. I, I guess. But I mean... Nashville's a good fan base, man. They love. Yeah, their I mean, I'm, I don't have a problem with the two teams getting it. I just think you could have found a more interesting matchup. I mean, there's literally there's literally no juice to Predators Lightning. No, there's no rivalry there. There's nothing. It's just a hockey game. But, like the uh, the only thing I can think of was like that was an anticipated final matchup for like two years when they were both really good and yep. never happens. But I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird I mean, game. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be I, I fun. love watching those outdoor games. I know people are getting tired of them, but I love the outdoor games. I, I like outdoor games. I, I do so think cool. they get a little oversaturated. I think one or two a year is enough, but I do like them. I yeah. think they're good. I loved that they played at Tahoe last year. I thought that was really cool. If they would have factored in the sun, it would have been even cooler. I would have um, loved for them to find a way to do it again, honestly. Yeah. like if they, Especially awesome. if they could find a way to do it at like sundown, Somehow, I think that would be amazing because the view yeah. of that game was so pretty. It was, it was it's awesome. the best looking hockey game that's ever been on television. Oh, without a doubt. So I, I hope they do more like that, but I, I am just excited. I love the outdoor games. I will never get tired. I wish they did like three or four of them a year. I, I, I've, been, I've been to an outdoor game. They're a lot of fun. Like they're the kind of thing that like when they do it for your team, it's almost mandatory that you go. It's not the yeah. same on TV. It's a totally localized event. It's, it's a completely different experience than what you're used to going yeah, to a I've, hockey I've, game. I've been lucky. I've been to both of the Avs. Um, I didn't go to Tahoe because no one went to Tahoe. But uh, the one at Coors Field, the baseball stadium, was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Uh, the Air Force one, um, really cool stadium. Uh, as it turns out, traffic getting down there, it took me like three hours to get down there, and I wasn't the only one. There were a lot of Avs fans who got stuck. I missed the whole first period, and wow. we left – two hours before the game started. Wow. Traffic was just that bad, yep. but it was a cool experience being down there. Um, and plus you got to witness, I know some abs fans are going to give me some hate for this. I thought the abs had the greatest, one of the greatest stadium series jerseys of all time in that air force game. Mm. I love that. I love that Jersey. I love it so much. It's so ugly. It's beautiful. I think there's a reason that the avalanche just don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Oh, I love it, man. I know people are going to give me so much shit for that, but I love that jersey. I know I tweeted out a list of my top five abs jerseys, and that was number 
I think I had that number three or number four of all time. Okay. I, I mean, I love that Jersey. Okay. So much, man. I, I know people are going to hate it, man, but it's, it's so ugly. It's beautiful. It has nothing to do with the avalanche. It is one of the most obscure jerseys of all time. And it's just, I, I bought it the first day it came out. I remember going to the arena and buying it the first day it came out. Cause I just loved it so much. Yeah, num- number three, I think, might be pushing it a, a little bit. All like I said, I'm, I'll get some hate for it, but I love look, those jerseys. I'm looking at it right now. It's not as bad as I remember, but it's not good. Oh, I, I mean, mean, compared to their first Stadium Series jerseys and the course Field one, those jerseys are beautiful. This one's definitely not uh, the same, but I don't know why. I just love it so much. I remember I wore it to a couple games this year. And I tweet out a picture of the jersey I'm going to wear to every game. And there were so many Avs fans telling me, like, you can't wear that jersey to the game. It's so ugly. And I was like, I love this jersey. I love it. It's so good. Uh, Sure, buddy. Yeah, well, uh, we, we can wrap the show on that. Leave people – leave people. Pop- oh, we got to do our trivia. That's right. I was, was going to say, you're not getting off that easy. Damn it. We still got to right. do our trivia for today. Okay. Greatest Avs jersey of all time, Stadium Series jersey, 2020. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So we're on chapter two, jerseys and numbers. So question number one. Valerie Kamensky wore which number as a member of the Avalanche? Was it 14, 12, 15, or 13? Uh, 13. The correct answer is 13. Boom. So you are one- for one let's get it number two how many numbers have the avalanche retired five seven six or four i'm doing the math in my head you got ray bork joe sackick milan hayduke adam foot peter forsberg five so your answer is a five a five correct answer is c six. Oh, who am i forgetting you got i said hey duke bork forsberg sackick oh i forgot patrick wah six yeah that's kind of an important one how could i forget patrick Waugh? yeah you don't Shame get like, you don't get to forget patrick wah and get a yeah. break so you yeah. that is wrong so you are one for two let's see let's find another one here let's see as of 2019 20 how many avalanche and nordiques players have worn number 28 is it 28 25, 27, or 30? Oh, bro. I'm just going to go what I always do on tests when I don't know the answer. I'm going to go C. And you are correct. It is 27. Hey, let's go, baby. There's no Patrick Waugh to forget for that one. Yeah, no Patrick Waugh to forget for that one. All right. Let's find another good one here. Let's see. Who was the first player to wear number 81 for the Avs? Jonas Donskoy, Matt Nieto, Vlad, Nemet- Vlad Kamenov, I, told you, I almost said Nemesnikov, or Thomas Vincor. I know the first two players are no, so it's not Donskoy, it's not Nieto. And Kamenev, I don't really think played all that much. Yeah, Kamenev was 91, if I remember right. Was it, wait, was he 81 for a little bit? Oh, God. I'm going to go Kamenev. So, Kamenev C? Yeah. The answer is Thomas Vincor. Damn it. E. That was a tough one. 
Yeah, I had to think about that one, but Kamenev, I don't know. I don't I didn't think I the only reason I I did go with D in my head, but only because I don't think they put Kamenev as an as an answer in a trivia question. Yeah, because he definitely I remember when Kamenev got traded, I thought he was gonna be really good. Yeah, I really did. I had high hopes for him. Poor guy just always got hurt. Yeah. Let's see. So what are we at? Two for two four. Two for two. Two for two. Or two for four. Yeah, Sorry. you're not you're not batting a hundred right now. Nope. Let's see. Do one more. Yeah, let's call it good on that. Okay. Why don't we just do do the last one then? Which Nordiques player was the first to have their number retired? Was it J.C. Tremblay, Peter Stastny, Mark Tardif, or Mikel Goulet? Oh, Jesus. I got to dip into my Nordiques knowledge, which is bad. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Peter Stastny. Peter Stastny B. The answer is... A, J.C. Tremblay. Damn it. Yeah, but my Nordique's knowledge, not good. Not good. Well, now there's mine. I wasn't even born, so. Yeah. So give me a break there, fans. Um, yeah, I, I'm more mad that I missed the six number of retired players. I see those banners every fucking game I go to. I can't believe I forgot Patrick Waugh. Let's do one more just for, okay. just for good measure, all or nothing. Okay. Adam Foote was the only player to wear number 52, true or false? in avalanche history or nordique's history too i'm assuming all of it i or it uh, it doesn't specify because if it's all of it you have to go false just off of the amount of i i think i think they specify specifically when it's nordique so actually i think it's just avalanche okay if it's just avalanche i'm gonna go true the answer is this is for the stakes of being laughed at online (laughs) answer is true okay good all right all right we'll we got that, that one so then a positive note 50 three for six 50 just like last episode perfect i'll get up to a passing grade yeah right now you are at a solid 50 percent on both we'll get there we'll get right. there so previewing next episode chapter three famous quotes oh jesus okay that should be interesting i'll be i if i can get 50 percent on that i'll be happy yeah, me too. My God. All right. So I got nothing else unless unless you do. Nope. I'm good, man. I'm ready to watch some avalanche hockey, hopefully, by the next time we talk. I certainly hope so. I mean, these these episodes, they are quite difficult to put together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But uh I'll have Griffin do the outro this time just so we can get back to a little bit of normalcy. All right. Well, <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone for tuning in to another edition of the Tell It As It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you to our new sponsors, Manscaped, for joining us on the show. We really do appreciate them coming on board with us. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. You can follow the show at Tell It As It Is, where we'll do some more giveaways for home games that will hopefully be happening in the near future. And other stuff like that, and also just general updates on the show, things of that nature. So thank you so much to everyone once again for tuning in. We really do appreciate it as uh, we are now 75th in the United States again for hockey podcasts, which is awesome. I I don't get it, but thank you to everyone for joining us time after time. It really does mean the world to us, but 
That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you once again for tuning in and we will catch you all next time where we will hopefully have an avalanche game to talk about. See you then. See how much better that outro was, man. <laughs> I I, I kind of just ramble until it sounds right. Yeah, it sounded good. It sounded I, good. I mean, I've done like 113 of these. It's kind of yeah. just muscle memory. Yeah, you got it, man. It's, <laughs> I'm fine. All right. Well, we'll catch you all later. Uh, enjoy the alleged abs game coming up, and we will talk to you then. Peace out. Peace out.